Friends, you never know who you'll touch in life. You never know how or when you'll have an impact or how important your example can be to someone else. My faith helps me understand that circumstances don't dictate my happiness or my inner peace. The chances you take, the people you meet, the people you love, the faith that you have, that's what's going to define you. You have to be who you are in this world, no matter what. At the end of the day, my friends, it's not about what you have or even what you've accomplished. It's about what you've done with those accomplishments. It's about who have you lifted up, who have you made better. It's about what you've given back to those people. I think, personally, a role model is a mentor, someone who you see on a daily basis and you learn from them. My faith taught me how to forgive. Faith taught me when people present themselves in a certain way, there's probably some backstory or issue or reason for the way that they are acting. It's not you, my friends. It's them. And a lot of times, it's about something that's completely out of their control. Put God first. I've been protected. I've been directed. I've been corrected. <clears throat> I've kept God in my life, and it's kept me humble. I didn't always stick with Him, but He always stuck with me. Don't be afraid to think outside the box. Don't be afraid to fail big, to dream big. But remember, dreams without goals are just dreams and they ultimately fuel disappointment. And understand, to achieve these goals, you must apply discipline and consistency. You'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. It's not how much you have in life. It's about what you do with what you have. It, that's where the success is in helping others. Say thank you in advance for what's already yours. That's how I live my life. True desire in the heart for anything good is God's proof to you sent beforehand to indicate that it's yours already. My advice is this, and it's simple. Don't just aspire to make a living. Friends, aspire to make a difference. And may God bless each and every one of you and take good care. Good morning. Bye -bye. My name is Ralph Friedrichs. I am an addiction recovery coach, a life coach, and the host of this show, to take your life back today radio show you can see a video version of this if you go to youtube under channel take your life back today show beautiful morning early in the morning uh it is uh, very dark out still so uh we are going to look at god's finest hours jesus christ was god's finest hour the lives of great men and women are often recalled by a single moment that defines them a snapshot that captures their special passion and uh, typifies their most lasting contribution. We remember Abraham Lincoln for his brief but powerful Gettysburg Address, where he envisioned a nation of people by the people and for the people. The uh, theologian Martin Luther King will be forever immortalized for nailing his 95 thesis to the door of Wittenberg's All Saints Chapel, ushering the protest uh, in form. That was Martin Luther, I should say. 
Michelangelo considered himself a sculpture, but perhaps his best known and most lasting work of art was done from atop a high scaffold painting the ceiling of Rome's Sistine Chapel. Winston Churchill captured the hearts of Britain and the world when he boldly declared as bombs fell on his beloved London, this will be our finest hour. Single snapshots like uh, these can sum up the greatest moments of great lives. I wonder if we were to consider uh, our all-powerful, all-knowing supreme God, what his finest hour would be like. Would it be his creation of heavens and earth by the very power of his spoken word, or the dazzling creativity that he displayed in the crafting of every living thing on earth? Some might argue that God's greatest hour was the creation of man from the dust and of woman from man, but I would suggest this early morning that there was something even greater than that. For instance, not having lights on in the world, God creates that. But as we celebrate this season, the coming of God in from the baby born in Bethlehem, I believe that God's finest hour began with the birth of His Son, Jesus Christ. It doesn't have anything to do with turning lights on every day in the world. That was His finest hour. We are honest with ourselves. Each of us would admit a deep longing that cannot be satisfied. A deep inner pain and emptiness that will not go away. Education can't satisfy it. Career and money can't quiet it. And relationship can't fill it. And drugs or alcohol can't make it disappear. It's always there because we are made by God and for God. And because of sin, we are separated from God. We know we need him. All of us know that. And we long to be made right with him. He, I mean, we just don't know how. The coming of Christ was the beginning of God's finest hour because it addresses this awful separation between us. God loves us so much that he didn't leave us separated from him, trapped in our own sin and devastating effects. He loved us so much that he came to us. God himself came to a virgin named Mary and placed his life inside her womb and that child who was born of Mary. The one born in the manger in the little town of Bethlehem, that child was called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And it didn't stop there. The Apostle Paul wrote of Jesus. He appeared in the body, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by the angels, was preached among the nations, and was believed on by the world, was taken up in glory in 1 Timothy 3.16. Jesus Christ was God's finest hour, not turning lights on in the world from darkness to light. He was born to us in flesh, lived a perfect sinless life, then went to the cross and suffered and died for our sins in our place. God placed on him every sin that will ever be committed, and Jesus willingly took our punishment. Then, Three days later, the Spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead, breaking forever the power of sin. In Jesus, the price was, uh, has been paid. In him, we have forgiveness, and through him, we are welcomed back into the fellowship with the Holy God. So, is there a snapshot of the great, great hour? I believe there is, and it lies in the story of Jesus himself told. 
the story of the prodigal son. It's recorded in Luke 15. A wealthy landowner had two sons, and the youngest demanded his inheritance, while his father was still living, left home, and squandered every cent on wild living. When he was at his very lowest, he remembered that even the slaves in his father's house were well cared for, so he decided to return home. Not daring to hope he might uh, be received back as a son, but planning to beg to be allowed home as a slave. Think about that. When he returned, his father recognized him uh, from a long way off, and before the son could even uh, apologize and plead for charity, the father ran to him, embraced him, smothered him with love uh, and kisses, and said, All is forgiven. Many, many wrongs had been done by the wayward son, but all Father cared about was his return. If you could hold in your memory one snapshot of, uh, snapshot, snapshot of God's finest hour this season, will you hold this one? The God of the universe loved you so much that through his Son, Jesus Christ, he has made a way for you to come back home. And when he sees you coming, he will run to you, wrap his arms around you, and welcome you home, making his finest hour your finest hour. Folks, Christmas is only four months away, the story of Jesus Christ. Call me at 844-405-HELP. Together, you and I, we can help each other take our lives back. Be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and a simple smile to a total stranger can change their life, and it can change your life as well. It's August 1st. Christmas is not that far away. Let's celebrate God's finest hour. Let's learn to forgive, and let's always embrace each other. May God bless each and every one of you, and we'll talk to you later. May God bless you. Take care. Bye-bye.